And for those who thrive on wicket-stopping, here's one now. It's Davidson to Statham. Watch the stumps. Statham's departure means that England have only one man to come, Peter Loder. He goes through the normal preliminaries, scores one run, and that's all, because it's Davidson loping in, his target, the stumps. It is a very warm and sombre welcome to the Cricket Library Weekly this week to Robbie McKinlay. Thanks so much for joining us in what's been a sad period of time for lovers of the game and um, we've lost three very important people to cricket in a very short space of time. Yeah, that's right. Good evening, Matty. Good day, listeners. Uh, we have, we obviously referring to um, Peter Philpot who passed away uh, on, on Sunday evening and that was and then earlier on the same day um, we lost um, Alan Davidson while well, Ashley Mallet passed away on the Friday so sort of in those three days um, three fantastic contributors to the game and you know Peter Philpot he certainly was a pioneer in the coaching caper yeah and uh, Ashley Mallet you know integral part of that fantastic Ian Chappell side that dominated cricket in the 70s and Alan Davidson is just a, a legend of Australian and New South Wales cricket you know the um the, the CHS cricket shield is Alan Davidson shield yeah. that gets played for by all the schools across New South Wales I know we're very familiar with Matty so yeah so we it is it's um we, we, we certainly pay our respects and tributes to um their wonderful contribution to Australian cricket yeah they they definitely are wonderful ambassadors for the game and, and, and really fondly remembered by all those who cross paths with them. So we, we just pay our respects and, and extend our condolences to the family and, and close friends of those three gentlemen. And, um, yeah, we, we definitely wanted to acknowledge their contribution to the game on the Cricket Library Weekly this evening. And um, Robbie... Moving on to the WBBL, well, let's let's let everyone know what we're going to talk about tonight. We've got the WBBL and some very helpful stats have come through from the Orange Library that we'll be chatting about. Of course, Sheffield Shield Marsh Cup happening, the T20 World Cup, and Elliot from New Zealand. I, I don't know what our phone call budget <laughs> is, but uh, I understand Matt Fiction caught Elliot from New Zealand. He was on the road. I'm not sure where he was traveling. Somewhere, somewhere in New Zealand. He's a physiotherapist. I, I hope I'm okay Ooh. to say that on air. Um, physiotherapist. Oh, right, is, is, yeah, okay. <laughs> is, yeah. Uh, reach out to Elliot from New Zealand if you need any physiotherapy work. Um, just tell <laughs> tell him that the cricket library sent you. Um, but yeah, he, he, he <laughs> he's he's taking on uh, the challenge of fact or fiction uh, later on it. And I tell you what, that has been getting massive traction on YouTube. The cricket library YouTube channel has nearly gone into meltdown after we, we we've only got the first edition up at the moment and then of course we'll put up the the Jack Clifton episode from last week in the coming days just a bit of a backlog of work for the staff in in IT department at the library at the moment so um, that's what's coming up Uh, let's get into it Robbie WBBL we've sort of hit that halfway mark 
in the competition. And we've got some halfway competition stats at the moment sent through from the Orange Library. And let's have a look at this and let's see if we can pick it apart and find ourselves a winner. And after seven games in WBBL01, the Thunder, who went on to win the title, the inaugural title, the most important title uh, in any competition is the inaugural one. The Thunder were five and two after the first seven games. WBBL. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. yeah, go on. Well, I just let's just back that up a little bit before we do go into this. I'm going to give you a little bit of a pat on the back too because you came out last edition quite audaciously in some people thought and you said that Thunder was this was the start of their winning streak. They may not lose it, won't lose another game. Well, two games later, they've won both of those. So, Matt, I don't know what you're, I don't know what widgie board you're working with. <laughs> I'm interested to follow this up. So, but yeah, so well done. Well done for keeping the faith more than anything, Matt. Mm. And um, yeah, so anyway, c- carry on. So, yeah, so Thunder was after seven rounds were five and two in that inaugural season when they won it. Yeah. And then. WBBLO two, we had the Sixers were four and three, so not quite mm-hmm. not quite as strong. Sixers when they won WBBLO three were five and two. Then the Heat, uh, they went back to back as well. They were four and three both times. The Thunder last year were four and one with two no results. Yep. Um, and you notice the pattern here; it's like a. It's like a sandwich where thunder is the bread and sixes and heat are the meat in the sandwich, so to speak. You've got thunder, sixes, yeah. sixes, heat, heat, thunder. Now, the, the suggestion here uh, coming out of Orange is possibly because we've had back-to-back winners that the thunder might be due uh, to go back-to-back, even despite the fact uh, they're only two and four with one no result. So... Um, that that might be suggesting that they're not in the form that they need to be to be winning it. Uh, the score. I'll be a little bit more brutal there, Matt. Oh, that these stats coming out of Orange would suggest that Thunder are a little chance. Yeah, and uh, the other going on that because you've got to win at least four games at the halfway point to be in contention. Now, no one before has ever come from. Um, anything less than four wins. So no one's ever had three wins in this situation. Thunder currently on two. This is really going to test your resolve, Matt, if you think that Thunder can win from here. It, it is, and it is for another reason. Just looking at the pattern, and I love, I love patterns in stats. Uh, the suggestion here is that um, after the Thunder won last time, two different teams won two in a row, and then the Thunder have won mm. again. Is it now... Is it now two in a row for another team? And could that team could could that team be the Scorchers or the Renegades? Well, the Scorchers have actually achieved something by that. Now we're doing this on Wednesday evening. Now only probably about an hour ago they have defeated the Renegades, so that means they actually go to four two. And I think they've only played seven games. Um, I'll just check on that, Matt. But the, their Scorchers are in a very strong. Yeah, seven games. But they, if you, yeah, it, it, that ladder is a little bit deceptive at the moment. I'll give you, I'll tell you one thing though, Matt. The old Hobart Hurricanes 
they're in a little bit of a world of pain going on that because they are equal in last position with Adelaide, Sydney Thunder, but they've played three more games than the Strikers oh, and two more games than the Thunder. So that, so these these stats are very interesting. Uh, um, the, I just had a message then, would you believe, straight from the Orange Library. And just while we're on the Orange Library, uh, have you heard about net promoter scores at all, Robbie? Oh, there's so many things on the net and there's so many promotions <laughs> and there's so many scores. I'm confused. Well, if there's one put all together, this could be fascinating. Yeah, well, 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 essentially a net promoter score is how likely someone would be to recommend something to someone else. So, oh, okay. Um, yes, yes, yes. Uh, as yeah. an example, let's just use Weber Barbecues as an example because oh. they're such a great sponsor of, of the WBBL. If I if I went down and, and purchased a Weber Barbecue, um, which I'm hoping I may not need to do because I'm hoping someone might be listening from Weber, but if I did go down and purchase a Weber and give them my details, I'm, I'd, I may get an email after the purchase and that, oh, yeah. and that email might have a little survey bar asking me to rank from zero to ten how likely yep, yep. I would be to recommend Weber barbecues to my friends. And if if you score an eight, nine, or ten out of ten, that's considered a really good net promoter score. Mm-hmm. Now, I I've heard that the ORC Tigers Cricket Club in Bathurst. Are massive fans of the Orange Library and the stats that are coming out of the Orange Library, and I've got a feeling that these guys that that they've got a young first grade team uh, that they've had a bit of time out of first grade. I think they won second grade and third grade last season. They've been building really nicely, and there is a lot of talk from those guys. And I've got no association at all with that particular cricket club, but I'm hearing from some sources in and around the Orange Library, that the feedback for this this segment has been very high and they are telling their friends, listen to the Cricket Library Weekly. There are some very helpful stats coming out of the library in Orange from, from Matt in Orange. So nice. th- thanks to Matt in Orange, he, he can stay on uh, for as long as as long as we can afford him. He's He'd have to be on the top tier price, price bracket there, Matt from Orange. But... Uh, yep. The I thing think... that concerns me, Matt, is that I'm just looking at the time now. He is well into overtime at the moment. <laughs> not, sure, not sure if that's in your budget. Well, I only pay Matt Fiction by the minute. I'm not sure what my hourly rate is down there at the Orange Library, but for him to be sending us a message at 9pm uh, to let us know some important data around the Perth Scorchers in the WBBL tells me he is dedicated. Or... Need to get a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, what, what's coming up in the WBBL, Robbie? We've got we, we've got the log jam that you mentioned on the ladder, and we've got some really crucial games coming up, don't we? Yeah, over over we the have. weekend, um, mm. where do you see things heading here? Well, you look at that ladder. It's, it's such a differential in the amount of games that the teams have played. So the Renegades sit on top line and have played eight matches. Heat have got one game spare behind them. They could draw level. Um, and the Scorchers are the same boat now after their win this evening. So they could draw level there. 
Melbourne Stars are, are playing eight. I'm, look, Matty, I, I don't like to say this too early, but I think the Stars, the Canes and Thunder are really under the pump here, I think, to make the finals from here. I really like the look of the Perth Scorchers and Brisbane Heat. Yeah. And then you've got the Renegades on top, plus the Sixers. We've got so much talent there. Can the Strikers, who, um, you know, played those left games, but if they were to win their next three games, they would go top of the table. So I, I, it's really close. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, pre-tournament, I was very big on the Renegades as a, mm, a, as a team that I liked. I, I don't like to sort of blow my own trumpet there. But a team, the team sitting in sixth place at the moment, the Adelaide Strikers, they are my dark horse, but yeah. I, but I, I yep. tend to agree with you, Robbie. Perth and Brisbane, they played that super over game against each other. Uh, y- y- any team with Divine and Mooney up the top is going to cause some problems for opposition lineups. And and Brisbane Heat seem to be a very well balanced side. They've got Jess Jonathan, uh, a maestro with the ball. And then really some powerful batting with Redmayne and Georgia Vole and of course Grace Harris in that lineup. They they really can pile. They, they're two teams yeah. that can pile on the runs. And I I don't think we've seen the best of the Sixers yet. They're sitting there in third. Mm. Um, so it's anyone's guess uh, who will get there. But I, I'm just hoping this Sydney Thunder winning streak continues and. Um, they can put to bed all the criticism they've had uh, from sources outside of the cricket library. Well, yes. And I think, uh, Matt, let's just reflect back on that partnership we witnessed today between Sophie Devine and Beth Mooney. 165 run opening stand, 16.2 overs. Uh, Sophie Devine went out for 72 or 49 balls. Uh, Eight boundaries, two sixes. And Beth Mooney, 101 not out, 63 deliveries, 13 beautifully struck boundaries, going at 160. They made two for 194, and the Renegades were pretty good in reply. They got the score up to 154. I really enjoyed the innings of Sophie Molyneux very late in that game. I'm not sure, Matt, that we'll see her coming in at um, at number six again. I think we're just going to find a way to get her up the top of that order and I know she did open the. She has opened the batting a lot in previous WBBLs. I think it might be time for a return to the top. The yeah. um, S Molyneux. Well, it's remarkable that she bats so low in that Australian team. She is. She mm. is a high quality cricketer, Sophie Molyneux, and still very young. Uh, still got a lot to learn about the game, but. What we're seeing is that she's already extremely accomplished and, and very capable in all facets of the game. Now, now that she's taken on the leadership responsibility there at the Renegades as well, um, uh, a, a really bright prospect. And the scary thing is we haven't seen the best of Sophie Molyneux yet. And I, I dare say that, that the best is yet to come. Yeah, uh, absolutely, Maddie. Um, bowling, you know, she she was. Very been very impressive against the Indians and also with the Ashes coming up. And, and speaking of Ashes, Matty, I would not like to be a selector this season because, oh. goodness me, there's some cricketers putting their hands up to take on the um, the English women. Uh, in I can't wait for that too to start, but my goodness, there's some depth there. 
Um, it, it's going to, there is going to come that point in time, I suppose, where selectors make change. Yeah. Um, you know, we look at that next crop, but yeah, it's it, it's a very hard side to get out of at the moment because there's there's a lot of talent in it, as we've known. The record speaks itself, but dear me, there's a lot of talent knocking on the door. Yeah, there definitely is. There's there's a lot of lot of players putting their hand up in this WBBL, and that's the best place to do it uh, is to get the the attention of everyone during this campaign when all the best in the business are available. So. Looking forward to that series against England. Uh, looking forward to the remainder of the WBBL and the Sydney Thunder winning streak continuing. We, we'd better take a quick break, Robbie. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll talk Sheffield Shield, Marsh Cup and a bit of World T20. You're tuned in to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Matt Ellis. The Cricket Library Weekly with Matt Ellis and Robbie McInlay. Yeah, I've been loving it so much, I left them a review on Apple Podcasts, and you should too, dig it, because the Cricket Library Weekly is the best cricket podcast anywhere. Can you dig it? We are back on the Cricket Library Weekly and everyone's favourite competition, well, maybe not everyone's favourite competition. Certainly one of my favourite competitions, the Sheffield Shield, the Marsh Sheffield Shield competition. Uh, three matches since we last spoke, Robbie. Actually, we were a couple of days into these matches, weren't we, when we last yes. spoke. We really are breaking the mould of what uh, is considered to be a weekly podcast, aren't we? We had nine days between episode one and episode two, and I think we've only got six days or five days between episode two and episode three, something along those lines. Or So we're doing well. Uh, at As keep, required, aren't we? Keeping people guessing, Robbie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we had, we had WA winning by six wickets against South Australia, Queensland 96-run winners against Tasmania and Victoria. Comprehensive 204-run winners against New South Wales there at Dremoyne. That first game... Uh, WA v South Australia. We talked about this last time we were, we were on on the call. Uh, that first innings really costly for South Australia, yeah. getting bundled out cheaply there. They did turn things around in the second innings, and um, massive fans uh, in in and around our listenership in the Central West, uh, a Western Zone alumni, Henry Hunt scoring a hundred, a hundred and eight from yeah. two hundred and forty five balls. His dad uh, played for the Canberra Raiders back in 1992, for those who follow Rugby okay. League. Yeah, so uh, sport definitely in the blood there. Uh, great to see him making runs. Uh, great to see Joel Paris get a bag full there. I know Elliot from New Zealand is a big Joel Paris fan. Uh, he would have been very happy to see that. And then WA 4 for 121 in the chase. They, they did it in a canter, didn't they, really, uh, bringing up bringing up that six-wicket win. Well, Matt, it's interesting. South Australia really missed an opportunity there. They, I know they had a, quite a big deficit on the first innings, around about 170. But in the second innings at one stage, they were one for 212. Wow. So that means they have lost their last nine wickets for about 80 runs. You know, uh, yeah, so Travis Head, Alex Curry... Jake Lehman, Harry Nielsen, all missing out, really. not get, Got a little bit of a start. So they really could have put a lot of pressure on WA for that second dig because in the end they were only set, you know, 120-odd to get there and they got, got them four down. But that really, with a bit better cricket, that should have been a run chase of probably closer to 220, 240. 
And that might have made it really interesting. So, But I think you give credit there to the bowling of um, the Western Australians, particularly Joel Parris, took five to 63. And uh, he, he continues to impress, mate. Oh, he certainly does. And he did score 100 last year with the bat as well, Joel Parris. Yeah. So when, when fully fit, uh, the left arm quick who can bat a bit, which we've certainly got in Mitchell Stark at the moment. It's great to have uh, another one coming through from Western Australia and, and Joel Paris, just hoping he can stay fit and on the field. A, a real talent indeed. In, in that uh, Queensland-Tassie game, I, I think last last time we were talking, I said, oh, yeah, Tassie, Tassie might try and get a bit of a wriggle on and maybe declare uh, mm-hmm. and, and make mm-hmm. it a bit interesting. Uh, instead, they get skittled all out 182. <laughs> uh, not, not quite following the plan. Uh, Jordan Silk, 47, the best of the batters there. And Matt Kuhneman, 5 for 60, ended up getting 10 wickets for the match. He, I think he picked up uh, another, yeah, another five in the second innings. Great to see him bowling well for Queensland. Queensland went out and uh, set, a, set a bit of a total, one for 132. Uh, Manus, 60 not out, backing up uh, that first innings, 100. The three players scoring hundreds in the first innings, Manus, Usman, and MT Renshaw. And then Tassie, Tassie put up a good fight in that second innings, all out 341, but Queensland 96 runs in front. Uh, Jared Freeman st- stranded on 41 not out. Uh, I know he's another favourite uh, of some of our listeners as well, Jared Freeman. So uh, good to see him getting some runs there for Tassie, batting at number nine. Yeah, nice little last figure partnership there, wasn't it? Riley Meredith got 20. Um, what did they put on, I think, 64 runs for that last figure partnership. So I love a good 10th wicket stand, Matty. I reckon that's where the romance of cricket really comes out. Oh, it's it's outstanding, isn't it? Uh, and that's one of the great things about four-day cricket is you get to see some of those scenarios unfolding. And uh, the other game, Robbie, uh, we had... Uh. Do we want to just skip the other game? Oh, we're going to take our medicine. No, <laughs> we, New South Welshman. We do have some very loyal listeners in Victoria, so it's it's good to acknowledge them. I think I think on a monthly basis, the truth be told, we have more listeners in Victoria than we do in New South Wales. So lift your game, New South Wales. Uh, share share the cricket library weekly with your friends a bit more, like our good friends in Victoria have been. But. Uh, what a performance from Victoria. They they did such a great job, uh, particularly their second innings with the bat. Marcus Harris, 137. Peter Hanscom, 115. But they're bowling in the first innings to, to knock New South Wales over for 151. Yeah. Uh, a, a really impressive display. Scotty Boland, we mentioned last week, four wickets in the first innings, three wickets in the second innings. Will Sutherland, John Holland, three wickets in the second innings. Matt Short bowling with his sunglasses on, one for 12. A um, lot to like about Victoria's work in this game, Robbie. Yeah, and once again, we saw from New South Wales, those batting collapses, Matty, you know, two for 89 um, in that first inning. Yeah, not a bad platform, chasing 199. You expect maybe you take a first innings lead, then um, a, a big collapse, losing the last eight wickets for just over 60 runs. And then in the second innings, yeah, you know, reasonable start. No wicket for twenty nine, then all of a sudden we're seven thirty five. Yeah, and just wickets tumbled. The only thing I could say about it, and it may all go well for um, this Friday's match down at the MCG, is that New South Wales all batters 
did spend a bit of time at the crease. They only made 134, but they batted 94 overs. So um, I think that's where you just got to say full credit to Victoria, the way they bowled there. Like Scotty, Scotty Bowling and, and John O'Holland, they love that situation. John Holland, how about these two figures, Matt? 23 overs, 14 maidens, 3 for 16. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. I think that just does show, you know, that, that Tremont just held, you know, that, that wicket just, there was always had a bit of interest in it for the bowlers. So, but um, yeah, let's, let's hope the Blues can turn it around. I think they, um, we deserve to give them that opportunity to, you know, yeah. I think they'll enjoy playing at the Melbourne Cricket Ground. That'll be the first time there's been sport played on that ground in 103 days. Adult. Oh, wow. And you're going to be there, Robbie, for cricket.com.au covering all the action. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, down at the, at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, it's uh, yeah, where one of the most one of the special places you can uh, call cricket from. And really looking forward to getting amongst it. And last time I, I did a game at the MCG, New South Wales, uh, led by Ed Cowan with a double ton, did defeat Victoria. I did just catch a Bruce Springsteen concert. Uh, <laughs> I was just after, about but, to ask about if that was if mm, that coincided with a Bruce Springsteen concert. Yeah, I was a little bit annoyed early in the day. I had the headsets on for nearly the whole day and I could not listen. He was warming up across the road at Amy's Park. And uh, yeah, I know the, a lot of the, um, the fielders out there were enjoying the noises reverberating across the ground from to the MCG from Amy Park. So, but yeah, um, glory days, Matt. Yeah, that's right. A, a, a good podcast name, that would be if, yeah. if if I was thinking of a podcast on sports maybe glory days would be a good name for it um definitely definitely good well call. Robbie um Marsh Cup and then men's T20 uh, we just had the one game in the Marsh one day Cup uh of late it was Queensland too strong for Tasmania eight for 186 in a rain affected game uh Matthew Renshaw man of the match after 76 off 62 balls. A yeah. very impressive display. Good to see Jimmy Pearson in the runs again. Oh. 42 from 27. No secret that we we love Jimmy Pearson here on the program. Uh, Siddle, three wickets. Meredith, three wickets. And Ben Menenti getting, yeah. getting his uh, Tasmanian cap down there. Uh, great to see him in the wickets as well. A couple of wickets for Menenti. Uh, Tassie, not so good in the run chase. All out one, three, one. And Connor Sully doing the job with the ball. Four for 39. Um, ben Manetti knocked over Manus too. LBW again. So it ah. gets out LBW quite a bit, Manus. He does. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Matty Renshaw, he has had a nice start to the season. So, hey, but Jimmy Pearson, you're dead right, Matt. Have a look at that. He gets 42 of 27 balls. Puts three of them over the fence. He put three to the boundary. You know, he strike at 155. Now, I just had a look through that score sheet. No bright street. Oh, yeah. Now, that's interesting. I I know he's played a handful of Marsh Cup games. Maybe they're thinking they just want him to focus on red ball cricket at the moment. So I'm hoping... Yeah, it could be. I just don't... Yeah, there's no actual explanation there. Um but, yeah, love to see Bryce Street under consideration for that Marsh One Day Cup side for Queensland uh, mm-hmm. at, at some stage going forward. I should mention, too, James Baisley 
uh, one of my other favourite players. Gee, I've got a long list of favourite players, don't I, Robbie? You have. Uh, <laughs> three, three for 12. Uh, I saw him make his Sheffield Shield debut down at Wollongong. Uh, just, yeah, hold him in very high regard, James Baisley, and always good to see him doing well. Uh, now, Robbie, is the Australian World T20 dream over or can we work some kind of miracle and conjure up uh, enough um, net run rate boost, have things go our way? Can Australia get there and be competing in, in the finals of the tournament? Yes, they certainly can. If you if you go by the form guide, they should make it. Yep. But the worry they've got here at the moment is they need England to continue their good form and beat South Africa. And then Australia, uh, what have they got? Bangladesh and the West Indies. So yep. they will start favourites there. And then they, they'll go through. South Africa happened to defeat England. What they would require that to be a really close game, so that they can just knock their run rate around a little bit. Then Australia would have to win its final two matches in a fairly convincing manner. And by going by some of the scores and some of the performances, West Indies and Bangladesh have performed poorly at times during this T uh, Twenty World Cup. So. I think I'm going to keep the faith, just like you did with Sydney Thunder in the Weber WBBL, and I still think we can get through, mate. No, oh, that's who would have thought we're cheering for England? Yeah, this will be the last time this calendar year I'll be cheering for England, Robbie. Can I just go on the yeah. record and say that? Now, Matt, if Australia weren't to win it, just give me who do you think can win it? Who do you, who do you like at the moment? Well, I tell you what, Pakistan have looked good, haven't they? Yep. In, yep. In, 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 in there. Yeah, um, they oh, can be. They can be a little bit hit and miss as you get closer to the end of the yeah, tournament. Yeah, they can be. They can be. I like the. I like the grit of New Zealand, yeah. and I like. The, I think England are a quality uh, white ball cricket side. Whether it's T Twenty or ODI cricket, they are. And um, but Australia, Australia are only. Two good games away from having it, you know, getting the timing right. Sometimes in these, it's just like the World Cup soccer we see all the time, Matt. It's all about getting the timing right. You're generally going to be playing your best in those last three matches. That's where it really counts. So, and T20 cricket at this level, when it's so even, it is very hard to keep stringing victories together. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking that the longer England keep winning, the closer they are to a defeat. Now, that might sound a bit obvious, but <laughs> this would worry me about the South African game. Yeah. South Africa, yeah, Rabada and the like are bowling pretty well. But I think we'll get there. I think we'll scrape through. Well, there you go. You heard it here first on the Cricket Library Weekly, Australia to lift the World T20 Trophy. I'm looking forward to that, Robbie. That'll be, that'll be some good stuff. Well, we need to slide into a haiku poem. Uh, then Elliot from New Zealand. Gee, I wonder if Elliot from New Zealand will have some concerns around me not mentioning New Zealand. Um, although El- Elliot is an Australian in New Zealand, so that, that okay. should, he should be okay with that. Uh, so he's taking on the Fact or Fiction Challenge and then Robbie and I will come back to wrap things up on the Cricket Library Weekly. Beth Mooney, tons up. 
Perth Scorchers looking the goods. How can they be stopped? Hi, this is Alex Hartley from the England women's cricket team. Hi, this is Tino Best. Hey, this is Piper Cleary. G'day, it's Alex Ross here. Hey guys, Rachel Priest here. Hi, this is Renee Farrell, and you are listening to the Cricket Library Weekly with Robbie McKinlay and Maddie Ellis. Make sure you subscribe today on your favourite podcast provider. Hey everybody, Matt Fiction here with a world premiere exclusive airing of a brand new quiz show. Fact or fiction? One minute of absolute madness as I ask rapid fire true and false questions and our contestant has to decipher and determine if the statement I make is a fact or is it fiction? Let's see how we go. It's time to play the game. Hey everybody, Matt Fiction here. I've got Elliot from New Zealand on the phone. He's our next contestant. Elliot, <laughs> thank you for listening. Hello, thank you Hi, for... Matt. Thank you a lot. Oh, <laughs> it's my privilege to have a loyal listener from New Zealand. We've had other New Zealanders on the Cricket Library, of course, but none as important as you, my friend. And this is, this is really intense but I need you to remain I calm. I need you to remain <laughs> calm because these questions are coming up and they're coming up real soon. As soon as okay. the music starts, I will start asking the questions. The music's coming. Oh, here it is. AC McDermott, best right. bowling in first-class cricket. is seven for 24. Back. Correct. Tom Moody and Chris Cairns made their test debut in the same game. Back. Correct! Murph Hughes has scored 100 career ODI runs. Fiction. Oh, no, that's a fact. Oh. MAJ oh, Gosco's no. highest test match score is 200 not out. Fiction. Correct! Glenn Maxwell has hit more sixes than DA Warner in ODIs. Fact. Correct! Renee Farrell has taken more WBBL wickets than Megan Shoot! Fact. Correct! Richard Stobo's middle initial is C! Fact. Incorrect! Oh. Fiction! Oh. oh, and there goes the buzzer! Oh, the buzzer in the background, and I just delayed there because I didn't actually have any more questions! Depends. Oh. <laughs> I'd run out of questions. I was hoping that you'd stall a little and not know the answers. But, gee, you did a good job, Elliot, from New Zealand. Oh, thank you, Matt. Thank you, Matt, very much, mate. Now, <laughs> while we've got you on the line, what's been yeah, the highlight for, for you of the Australian domestic season so far? Any any standouts for well, you? Uh, I'd probably say Travis Head's double hundred, I reckon, Matt Fiction. Oh, what a knock that form, was. He's yeah. in splendid form. I'm a bit worried, actually, because I go yeah. for England. I see, I see. I'm more, I'm more interested in talking about JC Butler in the T20 World Cup. Oh, Did, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you I see that? Did you see Oh, oh my <laughs> word. Now, you're in New Zealand, but you don't go for New Zealand, Correct. do you? No, I don't. No, I go for the Aussies, mostly, mostly. 
Oh, good. No, I, I do like watching different players, though. I like different players in different countries. I like all the different countries' players, mate. So I don't mind a good game, anyone that can win, really. Well, who's your favourite POM? Favourite POM? I'm liking Moeen Ali, I reckon. Moeen's in good nick, too. He's a very handy cricketer, Moeen Ali. Splendid cricketer, Moeen Ali. Wokes, too. Oh, Wokes. Yeah, Wokes, he played for Sydney Thunder. He did. True, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good cricketer, all round talent. Well, I don't get paid by the hour; I get paid by the minute. And I tell you what, I'll be sending a oh, big, wow. I'll be sending a big bill to Robbie ah. McKinlay and Matt Ellis. So I'll, I'll cut it off oh, there. Please do, Matt. Please do. Uh, look, no worries, mate. Looking forward to having you listening to many more episodes of Fact or oh, Fiction. Love the show so much. Oh, it's been <laughs> our pleasure. Bye for now. Awesome. Thank you. Bye bye. A massive thanks to Elliot from New Zealand and, of course, our host, Matt Fiction. Gee, some tough questions in there, Robbie. Oh. Mer- I tell you what, <laughs> I was a bit nervous about being the um, inaugural guinea pig. I tell you, I reckon my set of questions, I was quite happy with them at the end. And, um, not that I'm gloating about that I was still head the leaderboard, but um, Elliot coming real close there, just one shy of myself. And Jack Clifton. Yeah. And thanks for the conf- – I got confirmation out of the Cricket Library Orange uh, chapter too that I have got a, the net the net question rate. Oh, um, answer, yep. answer has put me still ahead, just, just ahead of um, Jack Clifton on that a net answer rate. So I wonder who will be next, particularly considering the toughness of these questions. Merv Hughes, only 100 career ODI runs. I – I in my head I'm thinking that's fiction. Surely Big Merv scored more than a hundred yeah. runs, but a hundred on the dot. And I'll tell you the other thing too. In sometimes when it comes to multiple choice, like one or the other, sometimes you, if you know the person, you try to read their mind. And you think, what uh, are they up to here? Yeah, but yeah. I yeah. tell you what, I cannot get a read on the mind of Matt Fiction. I, <laughs> I don't think anyone has got a read I, on the mind of Matt Fiction. I don't. Mean, they ever will. Uh, now, the other the other interesting question there, which I loved, was the Tom Moody and Chris Cairns making yeah. their test debut in the same game. Now, Robbie, do you remember that game? Whacker ground, I, I think it was, in Perth? I do. Australia, Australia I, versus New I, Zealand? Oh, I was so infuriated day <laughs> four and five. That Mark, Mark Greatbatch, he batted forever. He did. And he and there was the commentators and the and the journalists, everyone was saying, This man is wrecking test cricket <laughs> with his spot. And and he was a bit of a niggler too. He was a, a bit of a provocateur to the Australian cricketers and he loved every ball of it, didn't he? And he he was he wasn't the most popular figure before he started that innings. By the time he'd finished it, gee, he wasn't popular in Australia, was he? But you've got to give credit to him. He he stonewalled his way to a drawn test match. And in those days, that was like a victory for the Kiwis. Just just to give some context here, Australia, this is 1989, um, the only test match in Perth. DC Boone, top of the order for Australia, makes 200 from 326 balls. Uh, Good clip. Four, yep. 451 minutes for his double ton. Australia, 9 for 521. And... Dean Mervyn-Jones, 99 in that game, LBW to Danny Morrison. Um, then in reply, New Zealand, all out 231. Mark Greatbatch, 
76 from 139 balls. Not too bad, striking at 50, yep. 54 and a bit. Because um, he could hit it, yeah. Oh, yep. yeah, him in one-day yeah. cricket. He, he could yeah. launch them, um, which made it all the more remarkable in the second innings because New Zealand were asked to follow on. And Mark Greatbatch, 146 not out of 485 deliveries in 655 <laughs> minutes. 655 oh. minutes at the crease. That's only two days, Matt. What's well, two days? About 720 minutes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the the overall the, the overall New Zealand run rate 1.98, and that was at the whacker uh, on a fast outfield and a pretty good deck. But he just refused. <laughs> to eat. What was what did how many wickets did the Kiwis end up? Was it six or seven down or something? They or? they were seven for 322 when when stumps were called. <laughs> So they bat- how many overs did they bat in that whole inning? A hundred and sixty-two overs. <laughs> yeah, that's two days cricket. Yeah, it, they batted for two days. If you're Alan Robert Border, you're thinking, yeah, I think we've got enough overs here to get the job done. Yeah. But can uh, you give me Matt some of the Aussie bowling figures there? Who was the most economical? Okay, let's let's yeah, just go have a flick well, through it. I well, love this sort of stuff. The, the late. Dean Mervyn Jones, uh, the late great Dean Mervyn Jones, three overs, two maidens, none for six. That's that's pretty miserly. But the best of the bowlers in terms of economy rate, you're going to love this, Robbie. CG Rackerman, thirty-one overs, twenty-one maidens, one for twenty-three. He went at zero point seven four and over. Yep, because. Unless you're pitching the ball up at the whacker, you can literally leave, just leave everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, great yeah, what a, what, a, what a game that was. Um, so who else, quick, quickly, Matty, was in our attack? Who, who else was yeah, in our so, attack? Yeah, so just... Alderman, 32 overs, 14 maidens, one for 59. Uh, Lawson, 38 overs, 12 maidens, one for 88. A bit expensive there. Yeah. Hen- Henry, um uh, Mervyn Hughes, 36 overs, eight maidens, three for 92. Merv, Merv would have just been getting more and more pumped up as as oh. great, great Batch would have been blocking and blocking and blocking. Uh, the debutante... Well, Tom- Matt, how about... I'm, Merv Hughes is scheduled to be uh, commentating in the Shield game alongside him this week. I might see if I can recall that game to Merv and just get his thoughts on it. How about that? Well, maybe, maybe if we get a few of our uh, Cricket Library faithful... Um, on Twitter, Luke, yep. Dylan, um, Fraser, any of you guys, um, Elliot, Elliot, let's let's see Manta. if we can, let's see if we can um bait Merv to see if we can get yeah. into to discussion around Mark Greatbatch, um, Tom Moody on debut, seventeen overs, six maidens, one for twenty three, and AR Border, five overs, two maidens, none for seventeen. So, if, if I remember rightly, it was. AR Border was Captain Cranky to the max. You know? <laughs> he was frustrated. Oh. Like everyone else was. The whole world was. Oh. And we, I reckon I was surprised we didn't see another underarm. Things were getting that bad. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Well, Great to reflect. Um, no Matt's mailbag this week, Robbie, but a, a really exciting development on the Cricket Library podcast website i think it's just the cricket library podcast.com uh, i should really know what it is but cricket library podcast.com uh, give that a try 
there's a little button on the side of the web page, a, a blue button that you can click on to leave us a voicemail. So uh, if yep. you need to get an express question through to us or if you want to leave a comment about the show, give us an NPS rating, a- a- any of those kind of things, you click on that button, uh, you, you, you basically can record straight to your computer and it, it, sends, us, send it sends it to us at the Cricket Library. And so we might feature we might feature some of those on on the program. I think Robbie going forward. Um, so any tributes to players you like? Maybe maybe you've got some reflections on on Mark Greatbatch's innings. Maybe it's something else. Um, <laughs> get 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 that through to us. Uh, please keep sending the postcards though too. We've got the Wall of Fame, uh, which I still need to feature on social media in the coming weeks as well. Uh, a great selection of postcards have been coming into the library and. We'll never say no to a good postcard, but just trying to throw the op- options open there for our loyal listeners around the world. And a yep. big, big shout out to our audience in Italy. Uh, I don't know how we're ranking on the official charts in Italy, but there's been a bit of a surge in interest in Italy in recent days. So uh, massive okay. thanks if you are listening out of Italy. And uh, massive thanks to everyone We've gone past 40,000 downloads as well, Robbie. So uh, a bit of a milestone there for the Cricket Library this week, hitting that well, 40,000 mark. How are things, how are things um, charting in, say, France? Uh, probably, probably at the bottom of the harbour, like the um, submarines. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you say that because France doesn't not seem France. to be appearing on my stats here. But, um, no. Yeah, Thanks, like, Gomo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Gomo. Look after it. <laughs> think about us. Think about the library. But uh, oh dear. But yeah, th- keep 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 spreading the word, everyone. We, we really do appreciate your loyal support. Um, if you want a, a shout out for your club, uh, get in touch with the Orange Library. They're very good at making sure those kind of things happen. Uh, Hello again to the ORC Tigers Cricket Club Bathurst. Thanks for your thanks for your support of the program. Uh, but Robbie, it's time for us to go. And yep. I, I look look forward to you calling the Sheffield Shield. And I look forward to catching up again next week uh, for our weekly chat on the Cricket Library Weekly. Bye for now. <laughs>